You are now listening to the Roundtable podcast with Aaron Campbell and guests. Hey guys, um, so I'm your boy Double Age, wishing you all peace, love, blessings, and black power um, in these times. Yeah. So this is a two-part podcast. Part one is actually done up with through my friend's podcast, JW Podcasts. I'll leave a link to his podcast within the like the comments section. Also, you uh, they'll link to both our podcasts on all of our social media channels. So give us a follow. Um, Want to say a big thank you to him once again for you know coming together to amplify. We both have you know relatively we have relatively small platforms but together we have made a bigger platform to talk about these issues in part one it was more of a Q&A section where he asked us some questions because um and we were answering them and talking about our experience this part is more about submissions so some we comment and talk about some things that people have um submitted for us to talk about but yes please listen to both episodes um take your time if you guys need anything reach out to me i'm here to support all my people in this time my black people my black queens my black kings you know i love you i'm supporting you we we're standing together as black people we're we're here as a community right now and we need to come together more than ever but yeah please enjoy the episode and as i said don't forget go and listen to part one because it's just as important if not more important it is racist, whether or not it feels racist. The truth is, our prime ministers are real racist. They say, you should be grateful we're the least racist. I say the least racist is still racist. All right, uh, nice little break. We're now joined by Gabes. So if you'd like to introduce yourself, Gabes. Hey, guys. Uh, my name's Gabes. Uh, I, I'm really bad with introductions. I do a lot. Come follow my socials. Um, I, I love Atlas. I-S-L-E-O-F. X-T-L-A-S. Cool. Yeah. Um, we've, also, <laughs> we've also lost Manuela and Mary as they had to go. But yeah, we're now moving on to the stuff that people have sent in to us for the podcast. Um, so I'm going to hand over back to Aaron. So, yes. So basically what happened was, was when we were preparing this podcast, I asked people if they wanted to submit any pieces, whether it be written or spoken, you guys can see we've got a few bits here. So we've got two voice notes and then we've got a couple of things to read out. And yeah, we just want to get like people's, hear some people's thoughts. Maybe if you guys have something to say about it once we've heard it, um, it'll be really cool. So I think, yeah, we'll start off with Toby. First of all, shout out Aaron and Josh for having me on this podcast. Um, my name is Toby and I'm a UK uni student. Now, I've got a few things that I want to talk about and get off my chest. I could talk for days on this, but because it's only a voice note, I'm going to try and keep it concise. Now, one of the things I want to talk about is solidarity and then institutional racism within the UK itself. So, obviously, we've all heard about the tragic George Floyd case and uh, other instances of violent violent racism that has uh, taken place uh, within America and it's been things recently have it seems like everything's just been getting more and more intense 
And one of the things that I love that has uh, come out of this is the beautiful show of solidarity, uh, both within communities and between communities. Like, for example, you've got UK uh, people, UK black people who are riding hard for our American brothers and sisters. And I love that because it really shows that, you know, an attack on one of us is an attack on all of us, which is a Black Panther slogan that I love. And the, the I think roughly the, finish, the end of that slogan goes, the slaughter of black people must be put to an end at all costs. That's, I think that's roughly how it goes. And the whole slogan in itself is something that I'm actually in love with because, like I said, it really speaks to that solidarity that you see between, uh, between people, especially us as black people. And when it comes to solidarity, it's something that I would love to see so much more of coming from people that claim to be allies as well, especially white people, because let's face it, white privilege is real. You can argue whatever case you want, but it is real and it's as real as anything. And that same privilege that people, uh, white people, use, uh, whether actively or passively, to benefit from can be something that can be used for good. For example, I'm sure a lot of people have seen a picture of um, white people, white protesters, uh, forming a line, like a barrier between the protesters and the police. And that's a beautiful display of people using and acknowledging their white privilege for a good cause. You know, what they did there is um, essentially took an action to prevent things from getting worse, to prevent things from getting violent, which has happened a lot uh, that we've seen in the past few days, especially with the riots in Minneapolis, uh, New York, and other parts of America. And going back to the idea of solidarity, that's something that I wish we could see more of, you know, because there's a lot, I won't name names, but there's a lot of people, especially big celebrities, that use their platforms to do the bare minimum performative, supportive gestures, like um, as if to say Black Lives Matter was a hashtag challenge that you see on TikTok or something. And that's not solidarity. That's just that's laziness, in my opinion. So going from this solidarity topic, I just want to say everyone and anyone out there who claims to be an ally or even claims to champion justice, fairness and equality if you're white, you got white privilege, use it for good. Don't waste time arguing about, oh, white privilege isn't real. Oh, I this, that, whatever. It's real and you can use it for good if you claim to be such a good and upstanding person that you are, if you claim to not be racist. And that's all, that's all I'll say on that, uh, on that topic of solidarity. And um, moving on from that, like I said, I'm going to keep this concise. Moving on from that, I want to kind of bleed the idea of solidarity from that instance to the solidarity that you see between UK uh, black people and uh, US black people, African-Americans. Obviously, we both experience institutional racism, albeit in uh, different ways. Uh, and I feel like that's something, obviously, that, as well as other cultural aspects that we overlap in. I feel like that's something that uh, kind of really brings us together and you can honestly see that because like I said, UK mandem are riding the US mandem and I love to see it. It's honestly beautiful and in saying that, 
I feel like with solidarity uh, in terms of institutional racism, I feel like people in the UK, a lot of black people in the UK have said racism in the UK is covert, racism in the UK is subtle, it's not that bad. It is, I'll tell you now, it is that bad. I don't know if you guys have heard of this, but there was a, um, there was a, uh, I don't know exactly where it was, but I know it took place in 2013 from the article that I read. If I can, if I can back that up with more sources and proof, then I will. But there was a black man in the UK in 2013 who was out on a night out with friends and he was, uh, beaten, brutalized to the point of, um, getting, uh, an injury uh, called a, I think it's called a hangman's fracture, which in essence is uh, a breaking of the neck, um, which severs the spinal cord. And this this was in the UK, guys, this was in the UK. Let's not forget. And what had happened after that was he wasn't, uh, he was refused proper medical care, which resulted in him being, uh, in a, being in a, for lack of a better term, please excuse my language in a vegetative state and that's something that that can't he's not he, he didn't die which i thank god for but that's something that you can't you know that's something that you can never get back you know those officers those police officers that are guilty and should have been charged they they're they're in a position where they can recover something they can recover like if they were to get charged and they were to go away for let's say 25 years they would still have their health but the man that was the victim of their actions their racism fueled actions has essentially lost his life because he's in a state where quality of life is not going to be great and that's just one example of why racism in the uk isn't covert isn't subtle for example look at grenfell as well now, I, that's, and that's, man, that's, that's something that I could talk about for days as well, but that's another example of acts of uh, institutional racism that are not covert as well. You know, there's a lot of people that are out there who are still, till this day, till this very day, May 31st, 2020, they're still not housed. The government has still not done anything to properly care for these people. And a lot of them are people of colour. A lot of them are black people. The people that were affected by that horrible uh, tragedy. And they're still, they're still suffering from those effects. The same as the man that I mentioned just now. They're still suffering from those effects. And we all know about Grenfell. And that's just one other example of why racism isn't covert or subtle in the UK. You know, and I, when I see people say that it is, I, it makes it really makes me think that there's there's a serious problem here in understanding and being educated about the UK as itself, and that's where I feel the problem comes from, the the problem that things don't seem as bad in the UK, and this will this is uh, from uh, non-black people as well, uh, white people specifically, that will say, oh, racism isn't as bad here. Just because people aren't getting gunned down in the street does not mean that the racism here, the institutional racism here is not bad. There are instances of racism that happen 
all the time. You know, being followed around in a shop, being, uh, uh, being, having to experience microaggressions and other, other aspects of institutional racism. You know, there's a lot of things that aren't covert as people claim them to be. And like I said, the problem I feel comes from the lack of awareness, the ignorance and the uh, undereducation of Britain as a nation and its, uh, its role in colonialism and slavery. For example, when I was in secondary school and I did history, I learned about, obviously, uh, World War One and Two. I learned about history of the American West. I learned about medicine through history. And obviously there was a Holocaust, which we uh, touched on a lot because understandably it's a tragedy. And we also touched on transatlantic slave trade very, very briefly. But throughout those five years, I learned very little in school about colonialism and the transatlantic slave trade to its full extent. And that's just me, that's one person as a black person. So obviously I would, in order to understand more, I would have to go and learn about it for myself. But if you take your average person off the street, whether white or black, they will not be taught in school, in the curriculum. They will not be taught about Britain's role. They will not be taught about the UK's hand in atrocities committed through colonialism and the transatlantic slave trade because yeah Britain had a massive very big part in some horrible things that went down in the African continent for example I'm Nigerian um, a very proud Nigerian but part of my country's history is intertwined with the UK's because of colonialism and so many when I tell you millions have suffered and are still suffering till this day because of the effects of colonialism, I'm telling you that and I'm telling you straight that it's the truth and it's fact. Because look at a lot, a lot of the developing countries today that were former colonies of the British Empire, they are suffering. And they are suffering from effects of colonialism. And that's another thing that I can get into for a while, but I, I will not because I'm already, I'm already talking a lot. But colonialism and, and um, the transatlantic slave trade are things that are hardly touched on by the UK uh, education system when it, comes to, uh, uh, when it comes to history. And I feel like that's one way that we can kind of dismantle this idea of racism being covert and subtle and really challenge it at its root. Because the only reason that people think that these things are subtle is because they've been led to believe that racism isn't as bad here because Britain seems to be this, um, this beacon of tolerance and multiculturalism, which, don't get me wrong, there are instances of it that I love. And there's, there is, you know, there is, uh, there is multiculturalism in the UK, but that seems, to, that, that seems to somehow give people the idea that racism isn't as bad here which is why a lot of people have this belief that the racism is covert or subtle. First of all, it's not. Second of all, it's because the people aren't educated about Britain and its, its history in the atrocities that it's committed as well. And I feel like that's, uh, it feels like it's intentional because they want to preserve this image of this benevolent empire that went about spreading democracy 
when in actual fact it didn't. It's just as guilty as America and the racism is just as bad in America and everywhere else. I could talk for this, I could talk about this for a while, but I've already spent way too long talking about it. Uh, once again, shout out Josh and Aaron for allowing me to include this uh, uh, opinion in their podcast. And again, my name's Toby. I hope everyone's staying safe. And uh, I'll remind you once more, Black Lives Matter. Wow, that was, I feel like I got a whole lecture from that. I feel like I learned some things just sitting there and listening. Shout out my guy, Toby. Yeah, and I, I, I'll just quickly say, like, he touched on something that is so true, which is the education of black history in the UK is just as bad, if not worse, than it is in the US. And I literally was on Twitter yesterday arguing with this American guy because he was like, well, it's not as bad out in there in the UK. And I'm like, you don't understand because you haven't seen. like. Just because they don't have, listen, they don't have guns, so they're killing us with their hands instead. That's, that's what it comes down to. I, Anybody, could, yeah. I could literally name all the black people that have died to police, police brutality in the UK. Like, this narrative of the UK is not instant. It's so dangerous. It is very dangerous, and it's actually very scary because it's also diminishing the black issues of UK black individuals. And like it happens so often and people are actually just not aware of it. The only reason why that it's not as widely spread as the American one is because like Aaron said, there's no guns. So they're literally killing us with our hands. Like the I can't breathe situation will definitely happen in the UK and it's happened on so many occasions here. Like, they will literally kill us with our bare hands. In the U.S., they're either shooting or they're using their hands or anything. U.K. get creative. They get creative. They will use anything they can against us but guns. If they had guns, they'll be as worse as America, but it's still bad. And I think people, I think, like, Americans also do need to get educated on on our issues as well that, um, that, we face like black people that face here because not only do we get targeted as black people a lot of us are immigrants as well that come from nigeria from from ghana as well so like we also get the discrimination of being not from the uk quote unquote so like it's just a, a huge bigger ball game that i think a lot of people do need to get educated on not in just the uk but like in america as well i feel like because we're also fighting for the us i think uk should also be educated on us and help fight for us as well absolutely i agree 100 percent. i mean we know history is written by the winners that's just that's just how it goes that's how it's always been and they're able to change and warp and distort history so that they're painted as you know our saviors i mean i remember learning in history my teacher was literally, for slavery, my teacher was literally saying, um, yes, so the slave trade, uh, it happened, and uh, Portugal and Spain and England and America, oh, America was terrible. America were very, very bad, and we stopped it first. We abolished slavery first. Okay, pat on the back for abolishing slavery first, but we still participated we love to make america seem like the big bad because they have guns they kill us in the street we are so 
it's it's ridiculous how we're trying to make ourselves feel better we try and make ourselves seem like oh we're superior we're more morally superior because we abolished slavery and therefore we're the good guys it's a joke it's insulting and it's very much embarrassing because my mum is she's quite an old parent she had me when she was quite old so during the 60s and 70s my mum was alive my mum was spat at the on the bus when she was riding on the bus with my grandma and and her siblings we had riots in east london we had so many things going on because the black struggle struggle is pretty much universal it's global it might not be exactly the same it might not be guns there machetes here whatever it doesn't care no matter what weapon it is still the suffering that is experienced it is universal so us fighting for this us showing solidarity with america is us saying we hear you we feel you and we will help you because we need to help each other in this it's 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 all a mess i don't i all the points i was going to say pretty much already been said i know that as a person who went to an white school pretty much bar one person or two people I know that all the history I've been taught is from is for white people and not we don't learn anything about or we don't learn much about any other races. So I think as yeah. I think that's a good point to also add. I think it's also the problem with the education system as well. Because the only thing I ever learned about in history GCSE was American civil rights movement. That was it. We didn't really learn too tough about the racism that's experienced in the UK. It's like as if all educational institutions have created this narrative that we should just wipe out what happened in the UK. Because to be honest, still to this day, I don't even know a lot about the racism in the UK. And that's because I was not really taught it. Educate, like the, the system is actually trying to erase the history. It's really trying to remove the narrative and act like nothing happened. I think that's what's worse about racism now and racism back then. Racism was in the present, like the racism was in the present. It was there. You could see it, blah, 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 blah. But because now people are trying to erase it, act like another happened, try to gaslight us and be gaslight us and be like, oh, that doesn't exist. I don't know what you're talking about. It's so dangerous. So that's why I've had to go out and do my own research and and look at other things and look at even external sources that people actually don't know about because they don't tell us about it like even also in america as well there's there's a whole city that got burnt down because it was populated mainly by black people and no one knows about it they've erased it from all school curriculum so like i think this is also a tip as well like you need to do a lot more education there's a lot more even me as a black person i don't even know about because they try to erase history from us. Like we need to claim that history back. We really do. We need to realize this happened and this existed. I know this is sorry to continue the point, but um the Tulsa massacre and this is how it's it, I mean I'm a TV buff. I love TVs. I love movies. All my friends know that's my thing. I um remember watching the first episode of Watchmen and it opens with the with the Tulsa massacre and it made me cry. And I had to Google it because I thought, okay, this is Watchmen. It's a it's an alternate universe. This isn't real. I had to Google it and find out that the Tulsa massacre, everything about the Tulsa massacre. So the fact that I'm getting knowledge, I'm being more informed from TV and cinema than education. Please, something has to change. And the fact that the education system in America isn't standardized is crazy. So some people could be getting homeschooled and be saying, okay, the sky is blue. 
yeah, but the the clouds are pink. It's it's insane. This needs to be changed. Something needs to actually be done. It's crazy. Let's go. Let's see what's next on the list. Ah, okay. Yeah, it's one. So we've got. We'll, we'll listen to the last voice note now. So this is from my friend um, AJ. He's um, a spoken word artist called AJ Articulates. He's a really great guy, and yeah, he submitted this in. So. Hi guys, my name is Adrian John, um, also known as AJ Articulates on the socials, and I'm just here to speak about racism and George Floyd and what's happening within our communities today. I'm not going to say that I'm an expert or that I have a degree in um, sociology and politics, no, but I'm someone that has done a bit of research and seen the things that happen around us, and I'm just here to shed some light and um, display my opinion, so cool. George Floyd, let me just start off by saying this man seemed to be a great man of impact within his community, an actual beam of light and a and a way out for some people. I even read that he would literally drag pools into the hood and that people would be baptised and that he was he was trying to get people off the street, like stuff like that, and show them that there's much more to life. And for that, I commend George Floyd. Regardless if he was doing those things or not, he is still a human being and that he is still alive. And what we actually saw on that video is one of the most disgusting things that we, our eyes have seen. We don't even know all the things that happened back, back in slavery and even in America in the, in the 90s on the 2000s because there wasn't this social media. Um, that quote from Will Smith keeps going around this. Racism is not getting worse, it's getting filmed. And just ponder for a minute, if that didn't get filmed, another innocent black life would have just been erased from life like that and we wouldn't have even known. And I find that crazy. Um, the fact that George Floyd died like that is almost a representation of how we are treated on, a, on an everyday basis. Maybe not to obviously that same extent in regards to pain, but through the microaggressions that we receive at work or at school. Um, through the constant injustice from being followed around in a supermarket because you're black, <laughs> being followed around in the supermarket, being pulled over to the side and kicked out your car and pressed against your car, even though you might not have even done anything wrong, um, from the systematic oppression that we feel constantly, the fact that it took, what, two, three days for the officer to get charged when everyone can see that is blatant murder you can fire them but you didn't arrest them or at least get them into custody that doesn't make any sort of sense and those are the the problems that we, we face on a on a daily basis on a regular basis the constant injustice and to be fair we're exhausted we're tired we're fed up and we want to see change and that's why people riot <laughs> trump said when the looting starts the shooting starts that does he not realize that it's the shooting that really caused the looting and I'm not condone, condoning um, riots or looting, but I'm just saying people want their voices to be heard and want justice. That's what I'm saying. Trump's comments really um, show and display the state that America's in right now. Because they're not looking at the root, but they're looking at the fruit. The fruit of the problem is essentially racism, systematic oppression, injustice, things like that. But he's gone and looked at, one of the fruits that this uh, this has bared and this has caused. And that is not how you deal with problems. If you want a tree to fall, do you pull, pull off a branch or do you dig deep at the roots? 
power. Power is one of the reasons why racism still happens. Um, power and a lack of understanding, um, education. There's so many different ways we can look at it. But I see power as money and influence. And once you lose money slash influence, you are no longer relevant or you no longer hold the key to somebody else's freedom. That's why I love John Baega, Jackie Aina, um, Colin Kaepernick, who was willing to lose his job for something that he truly stood for. LeBron James, these are all people using their platform, platforms for influence, platforms for change in the most positive way that they can, they can do it. And we need more of that. We need more of that from the brands. We need more of that from people that are in those positions. And I'm not saying everybody needs to speak now. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying at least educate yourself and see if you can use your platform in such a way. And I understand I understand it might not be easy and I understand that um, what you might lose deals in that. But when you leave this earth, what do you want to know? What do you want to be known for? Like what what values do you want to have passed down to your children or the people around you? I understand that people say racism is a disease. And I believe that's um, in regards to how it spreads. But it's deeper than that because racism is also a choice. And that's what I've realised in all this time. The people that that may not be racist, they also have a duty to stand up against racism. And that's one one of the beautiful things I have seen during this time is the white people that are protesting with the black people. The white people that are standing in between the police and the black people because they don't want to see another black brother die innocently. I saw a, a protest that he was videoing a, um, a police officer. Police officer grabs his phone and throws it away. That's not in your job description. Um, things like that. And I understand we're in the UK. We feel helpless and want to help. There's so many, There's so many different ways we can help. Um, as I said, my name's AJ Articulates. If you go in my bio, there's about 20 different links. Um, there's a Google Docs document with 20 different links on how we can help and cause a change. Um, one one way is to stick together during this time. Check on your friends. White, black, Asian. If, if, if the conversation arises, just, yeah, be speaking. Use your voice. Um, I feel like... Everyone wants somebody else to speak. Use your voice. If you want, like, if you feel led to, or if you feel educated, or if you have the passion and the desire, use your voice. Don't be scared. Don't be scared of what your white friends might think, or your Asian friends, or your, even your black friends. Don't feel like you're talking too much. If you've, if you've got that fire in your heart, and if, you've, if it's a way that you process pain, speak. Another way we can help is donating. There's so many different funds that will support the lawyers that are going to help with this case or support the people in the community or support people that might need bail because of these riots and stuff like that. Um, sign petitions, signing petitions. I feel like it's like voting. People feel like, oh, yeah, other people do it, other people do it. It starts with you. It starts with you. You can make a difference. if you affect. Imagine if everybody affected 10 people around them. You're telling me we wouldn't see some sort of change. And finally, just continue to raise awareness. I know that feels like it can be futile and meaningless, but I promise you, as I said, 
affect ten people around you. Hopefully, you you will see you will see change. And I'm not saying that racism is just in our hands, because I believe I gave the analogy to my friend that racism is like a bully, and the bully is the one holding your key to the freedom. So, you, it's not just down to what me and you do. White people also have a a crucial part to play within racism, and if we truly want to see change. So that's all I have to say on this matter. If anybody is still processing and needs maybe someone to speak to or direction on on what they can do, my my DMs are always open. As I said, Asia articulates. Um, R.I.P. George George Floyd. Black lives do matter. And during this time, I hope we can see true justice. That's Adrian John. Thank you. Wow, when man said everybody else is everybody's waiting for somebody else to start, I felt that. I actually felt that in my spirit. But, um, yes, anybody have any? I'm, I'm really like it's it's amazing to hear the words the, the words, especially of these past two people. They they've just been powerful and they've touched me. But does anybody else have something or any thoughts? I personally don't. I think they've really hit the nail on the head of, with it. I think like it's. Yeah, like like Josh and Aaron said, like they really did hit the nail on the head. Um, but I'd also just like to add as well that the looting and the shooting thing or whatever, right? Um, I've seen a lot of people label all these people that are going out to riot automatically as thugs. I've had to unadd them because it just uh, upset me, right? white people have teared down cities over a football game like just let that sink in um i also posted something as well like people like people have destroyed cities people have have done the most the same way even worse than what we've um what we as a black collective have done at rights or whatever over over losing a baseball game over um, a fired coach or whatever. The worst one was people were actually rioting with guns because they were in lockdown because we're in a pandemic. Like, and, and all people are, all black people are asking for is a voice. And I'd also like to state the history as well. When it came to women fighting for their rights, they also had to riot. They also had to do all that. Because if it wasn't for them, us women, we wouldn't be in the position we are today. Same with the civil rights movement, same with all this as well. Even Stonewall for the LGBT community, they had to do all that as well. They had to go on numerous arrests, all that kind of stuff like that. The reason why they do that is because they only, the, the only way they know that their voices are going to be heard is when it's put on the news, when it's put on, on newspapers, etc. Riots get to news. Looting gets to news. Doing it peacefully hasn't even cut it. Being peaceful has actually already upset people doing that. They know that they have to push the button. Like, obviously, there's a limit. As I was talking to someone about it today, there is a limit. And I do understand that because we can't just be, well, we can't just be destroying black businesses, um, local businesses, etc. You have to also realize that looting has been centered around corporate like higher powers because they know that's where their voices are going to be heard that's they're taking it up to higher powers 
people that do it on local businesses, that's their own, that they're just being stupid and dumb out crossing the line. But there's a reason behind it. People, all, all them white people that do it because what? You want a haircut? I'm so sorry. Small violin. Like what? But like with us, we just want to be heard. Our people are getting killed. So, so for people to quickly judge people that are rioting and looting or whatever, look, look at the context. Look at what, why they're doing it. And then also realize the difference between how media portrays rioting with black people for Black Lives Matter and rioting for, for wanting to keep guns and stupid things like, oh, I want a haircut. I'm tired of being in this pandemic. Like, look, look at the difference in how the police have treated them and how the media has treated them in comparison to the Black Lives Matter movement. Like, I need people to think about it. I'm not, I'm not condoling incredibly amounts of violence, but I'm also not, like, fully not against it, like, against it either. Like, there is a reason, and we got to where we did because of that. But, like, me personally, I wouldn't do because that's just me, and, like, yeah, that's just, that's not me, but... I just feel like I think people need to stop judging people, especially as how all this has gotten to where we are today as well. So, yeah. Kind of off of Jess's point of like the history and the context, let's go, let's throw it back to slavery and the Haitian revolution. I'm from a small Caribbean island. I'm from Grenada. Not many people know where that is. The Haitian revolution sparked sparked revolts and and liberation riots throughout the Caribbean. We saw the Haitians saying, we're not doing this anymore. And their revolution pushed and inspired most, if not all of the other Caribbean islands to think, to, to decide now is the time that we're demanding our freedom. Rioting has been a part of American, sorry, history has been a part of history since the dawn of time, since we've been dividing ourselves up. It is it is when you get to the point of saying you're not listening to us, we have been silenced, you can't hear our voice. And my mom and my grandma always used to tell me when I was a kid, if you can't listen, then you must feel. With the Haitian Revolution, when America felt was when they no longer had their slaves. It was when people were losing their lives. That was an extreme case because in those times it was very gritty and raw and very explicit times. In this day and age, in this society, if you can't listen and you must feel, you will feel it in your pockets. You will feel it in your economy. You will feel it in your infrastructure. You will feel it in your architecture. You will feel it because now we are at the point where we need our voices to be heard, but you're, not, you're still not listening. So you must feel. And I, I understand it completely. I do. I mean, before when Toby mentioned the Black Panthers, by any means necessary, <laughs> this is now at the point we, are, we have been pushed to the extreme where it's now force and violence. And which is so disheartening because now we're kind of conforming to the stereotypes that we are an aggressive people, that we have to um, resort to violence. But in this point, it's, 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 what else can we do? When we're silent, when we peacefully protest, like Jess said, like Colin Kaepernick, we're silenced, we're bashed, we're demonized. Where, where is the balance? I can't seem to find where we're supposed to peacefully protest in a way that doesn't upset you. It's, it's, it's a joke. It's a mess. It's very frustrating. Um, I feel like just to say something off the back of something um, that I think Jess said about, um, and actually what even Becky said about just like the whole thing of um, 
just um, rioting and why it's, how it's escalated to that. I feel like it's so important to recognize that. Um, I don't even know how to phrase my point. It's more like because people aren't being understood um, on like in the sense of like whole like um when you talk so when you try to address these things to white people and especially like in my history when i've tried to address things i remember speaking up about things and then being gaslighted about whether it was true i remember someone outcome like completely outright denied that they had like privilege and i was like fam you're so lucky you're talking to me because any other any other black person would just <laughs> i don't know what you do and i feel like it's so important that um both sides kind of have that level of understanding in the sense that and i feel like i'm not saying that um black people don't have that understanding um and i'm not saying i'm not even trying to say that um what, actually no yeah no i guess i guess i feel like for the latter half it's a there's been a lack of understanding from white people in the sense that they don't understand that there's this whole system that is essentially working for them and i think there was a quote that i saw on um, twitter the other day that was like um um people um, with privilege um, will always see um, equality as oppression because they've been so used to having the advantages that they have and they don't understand that equality is not really oppression. It's really just basically like, I want to be treated, I want to be treated like I'm, I, I value myself. I understand myself. I, I love all of that. I've been through all of that with my younger years. I just want you, and it's not even a, a thing of validation. I just want you to now see me the same way that you see yourself and i feel like even for a lot of black people as well because i can even speak from the um, the circumstance that um i came from like a mostly like white community um i went to a mostly white school like my surrounding my my whole surrounding and all this and that was like <laughs> i was heavily influenced and i and i never really really understood what was going on there were small things and small glitches like i guess in the system that i was in and i was like you know what it's calm i used to i, I used to, it used to be on a level my dad used to be my my dad used to be a certain way uh, when it came to addressing like white people and <clears throat> and like um certain types of people with privilege and i understand why now because it's literally like when you go out into the world like you're not treated you're not treated with understanding People don't understand where people don't people think they understand where you come from in the sense that oh like like oh yeah like um yeah I understand that we're we're equals or on this level but if we really were equals we wouldn't need to have this conversation like I want you to understand that the reason that this conversation is being had in the first place is that it's not it's not that you um that um you understand what where we're coming from it's the fact that you don't and until you do we won't stop talking about it and you need to first understand that. We need to stop being like gaslighted when it comes to talking about these issues. We need to actually, we need to be understood. And yeah. And back to like linking that also back to my point. That's also another reason why people do it. You know, we just want to be heard. We want to be understood. You won't listen to us when we're trying to get on your level, when we're trying to speak, when we're trying to do normal things, you ignore us. Then we take it a little bit like higher and we do small gestures like not standing up for the national anthem or things like that, you still are upset. Like Beyonce dedicated her whole Super Bowl performance to expressing the things that black people have had to go through in America and people wanted to kill her. Like half of the country wanted her dead and she practically did nothing. So if you think that like 
writing is bad. Like you have to understand, we were not even heard on a basis level. What makes you think we're going to go back to that level where we're not even heard at all? So we do have to resort to things like writing. Not all, obviously not all of us do that, but a lot of people have, like a lot of people have had to resort to it. It's what we know. It's what got us to where we have been. Why would we go back to places where we like no one wants to hear us because of this people want to hear us. So yeah, like Gabe's point is just very valid to also that as well, because like white people do need to understand. And if this is, if that's the only way they'll understand, then I think people shouldn't judge black people that do all that looting and stuff. Like that's all I have to say. Yeah. That was some very good points. Yeah. I know that I'm definitely learning a lot today and I hope that the listeners are learning a lot as well. You guys are spitting some facts, some hard truths. Yeah. Um, Should we move on to the next thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. So now we've got some, some basically people that like wrote in. So we'll start off with um, a girl called Amira who goes to uni. So she's, she's, she's basically said, I'm scared and I'm angry. I'm scared and I pray for the lives that we know have been lost and the lives that we know will be lost and the lives that will never even known have been lost. I am angry that for a black person to get some sort of justice, there needs to be worldwide outrage and trending hashtags. How many hashtags are we unaware of? I am angry because black people are fighting to have the right to live. And there are still many people who say, but the black lives matter movement is the most important movement of my life. But I am angry that it even had to be a movement in the first place. Why do we have to fight for the right to live? Why do white people automatically have this right because their skin is lighter? When will it end? When will black lives finally matter? Um, I think this, this just speaks to everything that we've been saying. Like, why doesn't, why, the fact that this has to be a movement in the first place, is, it, it's despicable if you ask me. It is, it is absolutely despicable. And I, I, I wrote a piece and in it I said, I, I, I said the same kind of thing. Like, it's funny that they're called the fairer skin, you know, because there's nothing fair about it. Wow. Oh, right there. Yo, that was, that was a poem. That was poetry. Like the whole hashtag thing is very important as well. Because I feel like people are only saying it because it's trendy. Like, this, this, ain't, this, ain't, this ain't the... This ain't the don't judge me challenge or, t- or whatever. Like this ain't the don't rush challenge. Like this ain't something that you do because you're bored in quarantine. Like this is dedicated to the genocide of an entire race. This is not something for you to be doing your pastime and because, oh, I got tagged in it. So I might as well, like, we're not just a hashtag. Like people need to realize this. And I've said this, I said this early in the podcast, like, if you're going to be racist, be racist. Don't, don't just use our hashtag because, oh, this is so cool. Oh, my God. Wow, empowerment. Oh, I'm an act- activist now. Oh, my God. I'm, I post the Black Lives Matter. No, you're not, Becky. No offense, Becky. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so of sorry. all the names. I was shook. I'm, so I'm sorry. sorry. 
I, was, I, I completely forgot your name was actually. <laughs> oh, good. You couldn't, you couldn't oh. use Karen just to be safe. Like, I heard like Stacy or something. I heard Karen. I, that came out. I'm sorry, I blame Beyonce. I, I, <laughs> I'm sorry. Continue. I'm so sorry. Okay, I meant Karen. Let's put it that way. Karen. Like, okay, Karen, like, this ain't a trend for, for us. This ain't, this ain't something to pass by in quarantine. We've been having to fight for our lives since the beginning of time. You really think this is a trend for us? This is, a, this is like, this is also another thing as well. Like, people are trying to make it seem as though it's just politics. And this is something I said on my story, and, like, I'm going to continue saying it. I wish I had the white privilege to say that the genocide of my people is just politics. I wish I had it. Like, I look at people, I'm just like, I am so jealous because you get to see my people dying and be like, oh, it's just politics. I'm not going to get involved. I wish I could do that. I wish. But no, the reality is, this is my community. I am part of it. This is my race. This is my culture. These are my people getting, getting like destroyed and tear down and murdered in these streets but you get to call it just politics we're not just a hashtag we're not just another thing name these are people these are actual people these are people that god created and you're gonna just look at us and be like oh it's just politics i'm not gonna get involved let me go back to sipping my prosecco in my garden with my two dogs like what like please but yeah no amira hit it right on the on the nail of the head everything I felt because us black people are literally all we're saying is stop killing us and people are saying but people are actually trying to trying to argue with our lives mattering and seeing no I'm just kidding uh, I mean it's quite interesting I mean the fact that you're talking about like the whole it's a trend and all stuff it leads quite nicely into this next one sent in by Hannah um but yeah, it's important to not just do it to follow a trend and it's important to do it because it's what you is convicted in your heart. So Hannah actually submitted two things. So this is the first one. So she said, please have a part about performative activism. Non-black POC, so basically anybody who's not black and white people fall into the trap of posting about Black Lives Matter to prove that they're not racist slash follow a trend. The aim of Black Lives Matter as a movement isn't a trend. We don't give a F about them saying they are not racist we want them to actively be anti-racist taking actions such as signing petitions changing their internalized prejudice discouraging racist jokes remarks educating or calling out their racist friends and family members and understanding the inherent privileges and the and that they have and their impacts on the wider communities i only say this because some of the loudest people speaking on black lives matter in person lived said the opposite and it's tiring to see people post just to save face i.e keeping followers on social media yeah it's good to speak out but don't just repost a post online and not take this activism into the into your physical world Whew. the sister the sister let me come with facts she said let me let me drag these people real quick um before we before we get into discussing i want to read her second bit as well so if you just give me one second I wanted to use my own words, not just reposting others, to share my thoughts on this issue, but I've struggled to more than I expected. 
simply because I am speechless. My mind cannot comprehend how this is happening in our lifetime. This should be ancient history. <coughs> Excuse me. However, our inability to comprehend this should not be a reason to stay silent because my heart breaks that this is the reality for two of my best friends, many of the amazing people I get to live with in church and every other black person on this earth. To everyone facing injustice, I'm sorry. I'm sorry my privilege has rendered me speechless. I'm sorry that this is your reality because nobody deserves to be treated as anything less than incredible, valuable, beautiful human beings they are. Um, and that's on period. <laughs> that's on Yui, have you, what have you got to say, bro? I haven't heard from you in a hot minute. If this guy's even here. <laughs> bro. 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 I don't know. Well, okay, well, well, does anybody have anything to say? Well, what's, what's the thoughts? Exactly the same. Wait, wait, did someone, someone call for me? Lord, there he is. Uh, yeah, um, I won't lie to you. I was just eating some lunch. Um, no! Um, I got hungry, yeah. Angel. That's okay, King. Edify yourself. Edify yourself, my King. Thank Make you. Sure you're eating I hope all my black kings and queens have eaten today. Thank you. Yeah. Why don't you share, though? That's a share. Together, we might as well share our food together. Oh. <laughs> uh, I think Hannah's like again hit the nail on the head, and she's made some really valid points. Um, I liked the second because I had she sent me the first one just in case she hadn't seen it, and I so I already knew about it. But I think her second Whoa. sort of le- like sort of I don't know how to describe it, whether it's a letter or a just uh, her thoughts on it, but I, I liked how she ended it. Yeah, it was really good. It's the best way to explain. Like, I think my favorite bit of her of the first bit was where she said that the people that be posting about the most are completely opposite in person. Like, I keep repeating it because it's very evident. It's happening to everyone. Like, a lot of black people are observing the same issue. If you are racist, be racist. Like, like, I, like I've said so many times, it's not by force. Don't build this narrative online and then go and be ignorant in person. Like, okay, now you've posted, but do you carry that post that you posted to in real life? Do you call out, do you call out racist people? Are you letting your black, black friends speak? Are you, are you calling out people that are not black, that are using the N-word? Are you appreciating the culture that was created by black people? Like, are you doing any of these things in person? Are you calling out colorism? Are you, are you understanding of the representation that's needed by black people? Because if not, sis, you should have just deleted the post, quite frankly. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I guess... Like Sky Games. Yeah, um, I guess saying something that such an important part of like this whole thing I've seen and just kind of like come to a conclusion about based on stuff that I've seen is like from what it seems like there's there's this whole idea of like people being afraid of being perceived to be um, something that they're not or any or like a perception of themselves that they don't agree with like 
I feel like you hit the nail on the head with um by saying like oh like I mean I I guess kind of like trying to understand like people who are racist who don't, who don't actually see themselves as that because they try and separate themselves from that reality or they try and separate they don't they don't think of it in the context of how they how they treat others and I feel like that that was one important that was one important point and like um the whole other thing about people being pushed essentially to um stand up for something that should essentially have already existed um like a lot of like social media activism it doesn't it, like some of it i would say doesn't feel genuine i feel like um, uh, the whole this whole kind of trend that's been following on like twitter now has been that whole has been a whole thing of that if you aren't being called out we are going to call you out and i feel like for some people i'll say some because some people just genuinely need some time to process some people just are overwhelmed some people don't even know what to say some people don't like some people don't like to speak on the issue that uh, be, that's being repeat, repeated by others again and again but i will say some people they um <laughs> they don't want to be counseled fam and i feel like that this whole thing about the the validity of council cultures is really to do with how our um like <laughs> how our justice system system functions how the fact that we can't achieve justice through institutions so we need to go and achieve justice for ourselves and that is and that is in itself is another imperfect system the fact that we can just cancel whatever we want to and then at the at the same time like oh we can bring it back every time like when they say something funny or we we like one of their music videos or or like they create a think piece that oh that we can forgive them or, or whatever like it's, it's it all gets a bit tiring in social media and i guess that's why it's important to take some time out um but i'd also say like i think it's very important for um people to speak very vulnerably i don't know if it's going to be i don't know if it, it would ever be possible on social media platforms because on social media you can just all you all you can do is talk you can talk you can talk 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 like <laughs> what like some a couple of men called out um j cole um for not sweeting but this guy this guy doesn't talk he does fam like he's that guy is on the streets you think he's you think he's checking his twitter fam you don't he, he's not he's not about talking he's about walking um but like that's an example um i can't even remember my original point <laughs> it's just tired man just until until things no yeah I, I remember what I was saying like until people are ready to be vulnerable however for, however way shape or form that could be that's the only way we're going to see progressive change like I think I was watching a Dave Chappelle special yesterday and he was talking about how um, the most um, it's important for people to um, actually speak up about what they did um, but that's not really going to happen in the space where council culture is still a thing. Uh, where it's easy to counsel someone based on like incomplete views or views that they have assimilated from society like a lot of old people are racist now because like they weren't born that way it was just a society that they were born into and they become and it's something that you know what they've become so comfortable with that this is something that they that is acceptable to do and now you get like oh now it's suddenly not acceptable which is only a recent very is a very recent development that less like we need to understand like it might not there's things that haven't been in our lifetime, like the civil, like the civil rights movement, but there's stuff that has been like um, apartheid, and <laughs> like I'm, I'm even deep in like that was like 20, 30 years ago, like <laughs> like that was happening, and 
the after effects and the people who the people who instilled that system today still exist and um yeah no nah, i think I, I don't want to waffle too much but it was, i think i was just trying to say about how i was just trying to talk about how it was it's just important it's just important to be vulnerable to people you can trust and even though we may not see it on social media platforms we need to start we need to encourage people um, we need to be understanding for people as hard as as hard as it can be as hard as it may be um like as black people having um felt like felt the shocks of what's going on and having like being like having white people who can never really understand what's going on but you know what there's still there's some people that are still trying to we need to we, it's our it's not it's not our whole responsibility but we have a part to play in kind of educating people on our experiences um as much as people who have been have been part of the system and have benefited from the system to speak out about things that you know what like they're not too sure about because at the end of the day if you're if if you're not if you're not comp, if you're not assured in if you're not assured in like your judgment you probably won't speak up about it yeah. now i think i'm about to waffle now let me stop let me stop speaking i'm sorry i don't have an end point here uh uh gabe's now you're a king you're actually a king i love you man um but yeah just i just want to quickly go off of two of the points that gabe's made one like i'm i'm all for calling listen i will call out people i'm all for calling out people me particularly i've been i've been very much on that on lana del rey's back recently because she wanted to do all this nonsense calling out black queens and whatever and making noise and now it's time to actually speak up she was ready to defend herself, dropping videos and texts and trying to explain herself. But now it's time to talk up about black issues. She's been awfully quiet, right? Anna, where you at? I'm <laughs> down. Where you, you at? <laughs> and, and, that's, and that's the thing. So I'm all for calling out people. Well, we need to call out the right people. Because when I saw people on Twitter going at Kendrick and J. Cole, I said, listen, y'all, y'all don't even know what you're talking about. Like, J. Cole is literally, I'm not even joking, there's videos of him in the streets marching with the people. And y'all think Kendrick's sitting here doing nothing? I can guarantee you. If he's, I can guarantee you. Just listen. You'll, you'll hear. You'll hear very soon. Kendrick has dedicated his whole career to the Black Lives Matter movement, and you think he's not going to do anything? Mm. Like he's dedicated his whole career. His whole career. Every single performance he's ever done has always been dedicated to the Black Lives Matter movement, and you think he's going to stay mute now? Yeah. If you know Kendrick, you know that's not him. I can't lie. I forgot my other point. Um, so we'll move on to the next one because we've got we've got three more to get through anyway. So yeah. Um, so this one is from Michelle. Um, she's a first year or second. I think she's a first year or second year. I can't remember. So I said anyway. To put it straight, George Floyd was murdered. Derek, white man. I can't pronounce his last name. That's not what she said, but I just added that in. Um, pressed his knee to George Floyd's necks for several minutes. Some say five or some say seven. Either way, the pressure caused George Floyd to die minutes later. Now that he's been charged with murder, with third degree murder, which according to the US legal is homicide with intent to cause bodily harm, but not necessarily death. A killing resulting from indifference or negligence or recklessness. Now from watching the video myself, I think his actions weren't at all negligent or reckless as he knew he was placing his knee on George Floyd had stated multiple times that he could not breathe. Now, whether or not he was indifferent brings me on to whether or not he should be charged with second or first degree murder. According to criminal.firelaw.com, massive facts. I love it. 
second degree murder is generally defined as intentional murder that lack premeditation and, and is intended to only cause bodily harm and demonstrate an extreme indifference to human life. I think this is what Derek should be charged with. <clears throat> but hear me out. If you asked me a few days ago, I would have said first degree murder without hesitation. However, after researching and finding out the elements of a first degree murder are willfulness, to deliberation and premeditation, this meaning it was com committed planning or lying in wait for the victim. In my opinion, I don't think Derek premeditated on the killing of George Floyd, cancelling first degree in my opinion, but he met the full criteria for second degree murder. People may disagree with me, but that is my personal opinion. The other three officers should be charged with third degree murder. But while on this subject, we, we then need to further explore the extreme indifference he had to a human life. And this is where it links into, into institutional racism. This is a whole other topic where I would need to do more research and find more examples to fully explain and talk about. This is which why I'm going to talk more about the rioting and protesting. To state my opinion on peaceful protesting, rioting and looting has and only will take us so far in this war. <clears throat> From studying American South and South Amer African history in A-level, I've noticed that the protesting and rioting are short-term situations that can capital letters, have long-lasting effects such as law and legislation brought into effect. An example of this is the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which is brought on as a result of preventing rioting and boycotting. However, the act did not end the movement as white Southerners still used legal and extra-legal means to deprive black Southerners of their constitutional rights. So to this, I would say that the current protests are a short-term solution to a long-term problem. My solution to this is not, is not what people want to hear as the, want, as the want it to be fixed now. There's a bit of a breakdown there, but it's fine. I think this is a case of education and proper media representation, but this can only go forward if we vote people of color with the correct and same motives, ethics, and mindset as our movement. You can simply not, cannot move forward in political change is the people in charge are against you. The deeply embedded racist tendencies and stereotypes in America will take years and years to undo as they are everywhere in, in their culture, society, education systems, and even in their upbringings. This is my general opinion upon this war and I hope I made it easy to understand. If you have anything more you would like to question to me, just ask. Um, I really love this and what I really loved about Michelle as well is when she said to me she wants to submit something, she said, she's going to take time to educate herself and you can like hear it in what she's written. Like she can clearly tell that she's not just come with words. She's, you know, made sure to check what she's saying. Yeah. I like that as well. Um, she took the time to research and um, everything. She's, she's taken so much time to understand the situation, which I appreciate her for as well. One point I would like to say, cause to be honest, I was the same as her at first. I first actually thought that, you know, like she, he should only be charged with second degree murder. However, it was definitely 100% premeditated in my opinion, just because of the information I found out a couple of days ago where he knew George, that cop knew George. They worked together in the same restaurant for 17 years. You have to deep that, that is almost two decades two decades of knowing someone 
at that point, I know, like, from what I've heard about George, George would have probably seen that man as family. So not only was he murdered, he was murdered by someone who he thought was family. That's betrayal. He knew exactly what he was doing because in the psychological sense as well, when you call, when you have, we have, um, when you see someone that's very important in your life, by like, by like habit, you wouldn't want to harm that person. So if, if they had been, they known each other for 17 years, there will be no way in which he he saw George and be like, okay, I don't, I want to make sure I don't want to harm this man. You know, he's a good man. I've been, I've been, I've been working with him for 17 years. He, the minute he knew, the minute his job led to, to George, he knew exactly what he was doing. He knew because no one in their right mind would see someone who they worked with for years, who has such importance in their life and would just think, ah, you know what? Like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna kill them. Like they don't think, you don't think like that, especially someone you've known for 17 years. It was definitely planned. I'm maybe not to an incredible extent as like a serial killer plan, but it was definitely planned. He had the intent there. He saw George and knew exactly what he wanted to do. So that's why personally, I feel as though now he needs to have the first degree murder. I'm sorry. I really hope people look into the facts about their relationship before all this happened because I can't believe a lot of people don't know that they literally knew each other. George knew, George knew him. The cop knew George for 17 years. I can't even imagine what it must feel like for the last thing you ever see is the portrayal of someone you've worked with for 17 years to kill you. Like that's just, that's just wrongness on another level. That's just betrayal. That's just, like this is this is this is this this gives me trust issues as well because I I sometimes look at people I'm like the intent you told me is this the intent that you that that you that you really want because it really do be your own people it really do be people you call family it be it be people you work with and it's really scary and that's actually a reality a lot of black people have to face sometimes it's actually very scary working with with non-black people because you don't know their intentions you don't know if they're underlying racists so. That's just the only thing I'll say because I do like, like, like I definitely do agree with her on everything else, definitely, and like maybe still the second degree murder, but to say that it wasn't planned, like, in I think people need to look at it further. Obviously, I'm not a law student, so like I don't know too too tough about law or American law, so maybe it is second degree murder. Maybe that maybe that point is still second degree murder, but it was definitely planned. He knew what he was doing. Like that's what I'm gonna say. Yeah, I think it's important that you've. Because I didn't know that he knew um, George, so I think it's that's some important information that you've shared. Um, but yeah, I don't know what else to say on that front. Yeah, that's, I guess we can just get into because there's we've got two we've got two more left. So this one is the last one of, that was submitted from other people. <laughs> this was um, this is a guy called Femi. He goes to my church. Um, He's a really nice guy. He also does, med- I don't know if it's medicine, pharmacy. he does one of the medical degrees at UEA. And I know that specifically black medical students have had such problems at UEA. But um, he basically sent in a little bit about his, his experiences. So here's what he had to say. Racism is alive. My experience in primary, my experiences in primary school, I struggled to find my identity growing up surrounded by white kids. 
the first incidence of racism I encountered was <clears throat> in year five when I was playing in a tournament and a kid called me the N-word. I was distraught and confused. I reported to my teacher who responded not with words of damnation, but dismissal. You probably didn't hear him and focus on the game. My worst experience was being cast as a monkey in my school's drama. Jeez, Lou. Oh, my Lord. Um, was being cast as a monkey in my school's drama play. These incidents made it difficult for me to feel comfortable being black. Gods. An internal dilemma brewed within me. <clears throat> the, the attitudes of the world did not correlate with the beliefs and morals that I was taught. My parents would always remind me to be proud of my colour. But how could I when the same was respect was not shown to me by others in my environment? Secondary school. During secondary school, my confidence in being black developed. I saw, I no longer saw it as an inconvenience, but rather as something I should celebrate. I would constantly debate whether to hold those accountable around me for things they say about black people or keep silent due to fears of not wanting to cause trouble again, and again maintain some false idea of <clears throat> peace and likability amongst white friends. I've had many kids call me blackie, slave of the week, N-word, cotton farmer, or say that I should be lynched, etc. Believe it or not, I would try and laugh it off. Lying to myself that I'm the bigger man, quotation marks, by not letting their words affect me, while simultaneously feeling disgusted to have to contend with, with this. University. At university, racial microaggressions is another issue I encountered. A white student once told me racism isn't much of a problem anymore. And funnily enough, a week after that remark, a random local on campus approached me and my colored friends. He spoke slowly and asked us whether we speak English and understood what he was saying. While on placements, I've had older white patients say things like, I would love to be your color. That's an interesting name. And what tribe are you from? I felt some tutors teach me differently compared to other students. One tutor would constantly victimize me and highlight my mistakes to other students. Recently, a child saw me and my friend after placement and screamed, a black person and another. His, his mom did nothing and just looked at us. A kid at my little sister's, second, um, sister's school said, said she should return on a boat to Africa and her only purpose is to pick cotton. I'm scared scared of the way our environment is shaping young people and the negative stereotypes of, of black people. Racism is alive. It will take a collective effort, not only of those of color to fight. I pray that every child, adult, boy, girl, learns to love the color, their color. And us as a black community can to continue to support, encourage and build each other up. Peace and love. That one, that one, <laughs> I, I, it hit me. It hit me differently. Like yeah. I, I, you can tell when I was reading it. What's scared me about reading it is like this is my life, but with a different name. Like it scared me because when I tell you every single thing he just said, I had experienced that every single one. Like it, it's like something I would have written. It's so duplicated. It scares me that this whole thing, that whole document is my life. Like the fact that I don't even know him, but we've literally lived identical lives. That's how, you know, we have a problem because I know nothing about him. Nothing. I probably have never met him in my life, but our lives are so identical when it comes to the racism we've experienced. It's scary. 
I think the only difference with me is that I experienced it in all all girls private school in the middle of nowhere. That's actually the only difference. Like it's, I think that's something I think people need to highlight. All black people have the same story. It's just different names in a different context. That's literally it. And I think that's what people need to realize more. So I'm glad that he's highlighted that every, like, I bet you if he put this on a poster, people will be like, Oh, I didn't know someone wrote a biography about me. And then people are like, Oh no, this is someone else. And they'd be like, wow that's when you know i think that's when you know that this is a problem the one thing that i found oh sorry you go you go Uh, the one thing i found kind of um like before when i was less educated i used to just think oh it's okay it's fine like all the racists are gonna die out like they're my parents generation they're all old they they're they're gonna die out soon they're a dying race or a dying breed and then to see that you have such little kids who are still perpetuating the same stuff. They're rehashing old material because I've had stuff like this. My brother had stuff like this. My dad, my granddad, aunts and uncles, great uncles. It's, it's, it was a reminder because I did kind of forget because obviously now we're, we're grown and the experiences we had in our childhood, we've either suppressed them or we've worked through them or overcome them. And I'm just kind of in my head, I was thinking, okay, yeah, we're, we're at the point now where it's the older generation. We wait for them to die out and we can start afresh. And that was just a reminder that no, 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 no. It's still being taught. It's still being learned. It's something that needs to be stomped out now. Another thing that he hasn't said, obviously, because um, he's a black man and not a black woman. But one thing, I, like any black woman that's listened to this, and um, Becky will definitely relate to this. How many times have you heard the phrase oh, you're pretty for a black girl. Like, when I tell you, I think the first time I ever heard that was when I was nine years old. That was the first proper time. It was from a white boy in my class as well. If I scream. <laughs> like, the I... The, that is the, so common. Imagine the first time I ever liked a boy properly. Like I, like, I think I was like 12. That was the first thing he ever said to me. Like, imagine... And should I tell you what's the sad thing? That comment was by a black boy. A black man said that to me. A black little boy said that to me. Like, it's crazy. It's actually crazy. Like, that's just something I just felt like it needs to add because I think that's also another blueprint that can be added to this if we were looking at a, a, woman, a black woman situation as well. Because, like, I can tell you now, every single black woman I know, every single black girl I know has heard that at least, not even at least once, at least three times in their life. And, and also to kind of go off of Becky's point as well, a little bit further, um, we are so disillusioned by, by, by it all because even me, I forget that it's not just the next generation. It is, it is not just the, I'm not the next generation. It's not just the past generation. It's our current generation. Even to the point of when I put that, that, that Facebook post up um, a couple of days ago and I, got, I, had, I had somebody who I went to college with in my comments calling me delusional. You know, it shook me because I said to myself, what? I said, I said, racist. I said, but you're my age. You shouldn't be racist. And it, 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 honestly, it just shook me. It, it shook me to my core. Yeah, it's, it's definitely something that's alive. And until we are, well, as a society as a whole, we're more anti-racist. Like, I think teachers need to recognize this and pull, because I know parents can only do so much if they haven't been taught like the correct way of handling racism and if they are racist themselves but with younger kids our, our teachers need to 
teach them how to not be racist not that that should be not like that's the right wording but it all starts from the young age and racism is never learned well no it's not born it's taught um well that's my understanding of it because if you see like a young kid who's who hasn't been taught anything and doesn't understand it he'll quite happily play with the black kids he won't say like say oh i'm not playing with him because he's black he'll happily play with him but when once he's learned the understanding of not once his parents have like said oh this this and that about black people then he probably won't play with them so it all starts from the young age i think teachers are going to have the most influence on the younger generation as opposed to parents unless the parents are not racist <laughs> hey games <laughs> it's just popping up on a little piece side okay so the last piece is actually my own personal piece that I wrote um, some of you may have already seen it some of you may not um, I'm not a, I don't claim to be a poet or a rapper or whatever but um, when I saw everything uh, my heart was just stirred to write something so this is this is why I wrote so I said they pro they protest our protests my god I'm so sick of this they'll change the narrative and they'll make us seem villainous black lives do matter and people's hearts are filled with wickedness and I want to be clear that all lives matter is ridiculous we say all we want is freedom and to be treated the same and they'll tell us to stop protesting do they not have shame there's a white man with a gun but tell me where was the blame on the black man running and not the man taking aim. He said, I can't breathe. And we could all see his pain. They took a man's life. George Floyd was his name. I see my brothers are dying. I hear my sister crying. When will it change? When black people stop dying? Or should I say, when black people aren't killed? We're still slaves to this system. The streets are our new field. The UK, the USA, it doesn't matter where. Blacks aren't treated the same as the skin that's called fair. Or should I say fairer? Well, I don't really care. Because these are the same people that sent a black boy to the chair. He was 14 and innocent, his life taken away. That was in 19, 1944. But tell me, how much has really changed? White privilege is real. And black people are suffering. I don't see color. That statement's so puzzling. Just open your eyes. Don't continue to be ignorant. Because if you had the same skin as me, I trust me, you'd be saying different. So I'll continue to speak up for the black blood that has been shed. These black lives matter and there's nothing more to be said. And that's on period. And that's on period. I love that so much. I love that a lot. It spoke volumes. Yeah, man. I just, I just, I just wrote from the heart because the, the part about my sister crying is like, that's not like even me like using anecdotes. That's literally my sister called me um, two days ago crying because she was just so distraught by the situation. And that, that just broke my heart on another level completely. It's just, it's just really like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, like the fact that people still use the phrase, I don't see color. Like what you colorblind, like it just makes no sense to me. Like there, like it's a, like, I get the I get the intention of the argument sometimes like okay yeah you you you, you know like you, you shouldn't see me like for my race but now that I look about it you actually should see me for my race you need to understand the struggles I will I go through and will go through because of my race you need to understand that I am a black person I'm a black woman at the end of the day that's part of me it's my culture if you don't see if you don't see color not going to lie you don't see me like 
I think that argument is outdated and need, and in, and I think it needs to be like, if you, if you say you're not, you know, for racism, I think it should be a different way of saying it because like, I don't see color. I think it's just very dismissive now. It doesn't really recognize that there are still issues and there is a color issue and a race issue. So like, I'm glad that Aaron put that in his, in his poem because it's it it's very it's very disheartening when people keep on saying I don't see color. You should see color. That's the problem. You need to see what's going on. You need to see black people are dying. Black black people are getting killed. Black people are being dismissed. Black people are being neglect- neglected. Like it's not something you can just be like oh I don't see it. Like I'm blind. Something I can't see. Like it's not th- you can't do that now. That argument is not going to work here now. You need to see color to see me. You need to see color to see the black community. Otherwise, our voices will not be heard. So I'm glad you said that. Mm. Yeah, it was, a, it was a really good, like, spoken word slash poem. Um, yeah, and it's definitely enlightening. As as tough it is for me to hear, it's something that we all need to hear. Um, yeah, so I, th- I think we, we're probably at a place where we can wrap it because the following questions that I have have pretty much already been answered. Like, we, the one of the things was... Um, do you think people are speaking up because they see it as a trend? We've sort of already covered that with Hannah's stuff she sent in. We've got what would you say to people who have no voice in this matter, which we sort of answered a bit earlier in one of the other questions because they're very similar questions. Um, what a good question I think would be a good way to end the whole podcast as a whole would be what do you think will make a difference going forward? Um. Okay, so I I know a lot of people that are listening are going to be non-black people as well, not just black people. So I feel like the first thing you need to do, the small, small things, the very, very small, tiny, is to do things like share, share petitions, sign petitions, send out emails to the police department, send out emails to whoever is necessary, because even though it's an e- just it may seem as just an email just or share whatever it's so important because those collective signatures get sent up to government which helps to create laws and etc so please do that it's it's small but it's very important if you know you can't go out especially because of this pandemic that's that's fine so share that number two if you have black friends you know any black people let their voices be heard and listen to them i cannot stress this enough listen to them do not let me let me repeat. Hope people. I hope people are listening. Okay. I hope people are listening. Okay. Do not invalidate black people's feelings. I feel like that just needs to be said because a lot of people have tried to invalidate me, even though this is literally my issue because I'm black, and my people's issues because they're black. So please listen. Please, I cannot stress this enough. Please listen. It's the least you can do because our voices have been silent. That's another thing. And if you want to actually step it up a notch, because I've, I've had people be like, I want to take this up a notch. I'm tired of just only s- signatures. Go out into the streets. Go out into the streets. There are, uh, when I tell you, I, I just logged onto Twitter just now. I almost cried out of happiness. There are protests, not only in London, in, in Poland, in Denmark, in, in Tokyo, Japan. There are protests all around the world happening at the same time. There are protests in tiny little towns, everything. If you know there's a small organization in your town and you really want to rally, 
talk to them, organize it. Because the one that, or the person that organized the, um, the one today was a, I think she was a 19 year old student. Like she was, she, she was like me. She organized that whole rally you saw today all by herself. So if you can, if you want to do that, you can, like you can take action. Cause obviously, like we said, Kendrick Lamar and J Cole, they don't speak, they do. So if you're more of a doer, you can do that as well. And then I think the last thing is that take what you're posting into the real world, because the more we diminish all this ignorance, I think that's when we'll start to see change. Call out your racist friends, call out your racist classmates, your racist coworkers, Let, listen to your friends educate your friends as well. Like I'm also talking to the, to, to black people as well. It, to be honest, it's not our job. It really is not our job in the slightest, but we should also speak about it. I'm not saying you have to, because to be honest, at the end of the day, we don't know how we're taking, like, I'm not sure how every black person is taking this, but if you can, please do, please educate your friends, talk to your friends. Like, like also, and then also, this is also something I think I've been a victim to as well, because I've been very angry and I can sometimes, my approach sometimes can be very, like, very over the top. And I understand that. To be honest, I have every right to, but I know that it's very hard for people to learn from me when I do that. And I know a lot of people right now can sometimes fall victim to that. Sometimes it's okay to, like, tone, like, tone it down and also let, like, educate that person as well. Like, because to be honest, I'm not diminishing it because you, you have every right to go over the top. You have every right to go get angry, honey. Like you can do that. Cause to be honest, as much as I'm trying to tone it down, sometimes I don't have to do that. I don't have to do that. I'm just being nice so that people can be educated about it. And I think that's where we will slowly start to progress. People need to realize this is a very slow process. We've had to deal with this for three, like, like America's had to deal with this for 300 years. We've had to deal with this as a unison since, the day we were created. Like we've had to deal with this for so long and we are slowly getting there. Cause obviously, I mean, we're not slaves no more. Like, like, you know, I mean, people like white people are not whipping my back no more. I'm not, I'm not Maza's slave or whatever, but like, you know, like it's still, I think that we, there's still a lot of work to do obviously. So I think just small things make a change. Don't. And then also one last thing as well, like I've had a lot of people say that what you're doing is pointless. That's not the right mindset to have. That is not the mind mindset mindset to have at all. You like, you can't do everything you can, whether it's a small post reshare, it will do a lot. It will do a lot because if one people person sees it and realizes and starts educating it, they'll spread it to their friends and their friends will spread it to their friends. It's a chain effect. It's a pay it forward effect. So please don't think that anything you do or anyone else does is not going to make a difference. It's going to make a difference. So, yeah. Just pretty much hit that right on the head. Literally everything, all the options she's thought it through. But I, I could just say one thing um, because I keep waking up angry and I keep waking up upset. Spend, if you're a black or minority and you're feeling extremely distressed, take a step away, take a step back. 
log off for the day. I haven't, so I haven't actually listened to my own word, but I am quite, I'm at the point now where I'm waking up overwhelmed. I wake up, I look at my phone, I see who's been hurt in protests. I see who's, who's been injured, who's distressed, who's having traumatic experiences. Take a step back. If it becomes too much, if it becomes overwhelming and you're being constantly bombarded with this imagery that is just weighing too much on your soul, weighing too much on your spirit, it's okay for you to take a step back. You, you need time to process your emotions, to process your feelings and, and deal with it. And if that means going downstairs and giving your dad a hug, if that means talking to your friends, if that means sitting outside in the garden, do it. Do whatever you need for your mental health. Because your mental health in this hello, in this isolation, in this quarantine, you need to think of yourself. But remember, while you're being bombarded with all this imagery and the explicit graphic nature of the world, we're experiencing it as, black, as the black community. We're living it. So take a step back, take a breather, but just weigh things up. That's all I've got to say. Yeah. And I mean, everybody knows that I'm a huge advocate for mental health. I mean, me and Jess just did an ep- recording episode the other day about mental health, which is going to come out later on. But to that point is after we had this conversation, because I love this conversation, but after we've had this, this conversation finishes, <laughs> uh, man like Tariq, you know, <laughs> man like Tariq. And this this is why this is why we love Zoom. Wait, was that Tariq just now? <laughs> I didn't even see. Oh no, I missed him. Oh, oh well. Okay, uh, tell Tariq I said hi. Anyway, right. Sorry. Um, and to that point is, I have been looking at Twitter a little bit while we had a conversation. So I've known that a lot of things have been like going on. Um, so I will have a little look at Twitter once this is done, but. After that little look at Twitter, I'm disconnecting for at least a few hours, and that's and that's how I've been kind of doing things. Like I'll take it, I'll do it for a couple hours, and then I'll disconnect for a few hours. Like take time for your mental health, take time for yourself. Make sure that my black kings and queens, we're all taking time, and we're you know recognizing that this is going to take a lot of mental strain on us, and that we need to do we need to take care of number one first and foremost. The only other thing I'll say is that things that need to be continued is we need to not allow this to die down. Um, and that's why, like, for me, even I've got, I've, I've got stuff planned until Friday. So almost a week from now, I've got stuff planned till, and that's not going to be the end of it, but like, I'm making sure that like, this doesn't go quiet. Do you know what I mean? Into the night, like, this is not just going to be another hashtag that trends for a week and then just disappears. Like me, I've, I, people know that I'm an activist anyway. I'm very loud. I'm very unapologetic in the way I talk, especially throughout university. But I said, these people, they better watch out this year because they might want to just kick me out the way I'm going to come with fire and force for them. I would also like to say the same thing as well. I'm going to be the same. So if you know damn well that you ain't trying to hear me say that I'm a black woman every two seconds, then don't associate yourself with me. Like, it's like when I tell you, I'm going to be the same as Aaron. Like I've, to be honest, I've always been like this. I've always, if you, if you, the, for the people that went to school with me, I've always been like this. I was always, oh, that weird social, social justice warrior, blah, 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 blah. People actually used to call me that. Like all the ignorant people used to, oh, she's a social justice warrior. Oh, she's a snowflake, blah, 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 blah. I'm sorry that I'm talking about racism. That's not politics, by the way, is just basic moral, like morals. Like it's not, it's not hard to like, be logical about it but yeah like don't let it die down and like honestly like if you've been doing it keep doing it i think that's the that's what i wanted to add as well cool 
Oh, well, I think that's a good place to end it. Um, does anyone have any final thoughts or has, have we covered everything? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of just, I just want to quickly close out um, by first of all thanking <laughs> Jess, Becky, Gabes, Bree, Manuela, and uh, Mary, even though they're not here anymore. But I want to thank you all for coming and delivering your voice, for coming and making your voice heard, for coming and speaking out, you know. That's, first of all, it's a very brave thing to do. First, next of all, like you've brought so much passion, so much wisdom to the conversation, and I'm really appreciative of like your your guys' thoughts because like even me sitting here, I've learned. And the fact is, you guys have been sitting with us for hours, and everybody's been engaged, and everybody, you know, what I mean, like I, I respect it, I appreciate it. I want to thank Josh, you know, for using his platform as a microphone to be a, to be a, to be you know help amplify our voices you know it's such a great thing to see i just i like the fact that you know the minute we i kind of because i saw about his podcast and i said this would just be a great opportunity to like work together and you know what i mean like instantly from then on we we started we were making plans and we just got it we just got things in motion so quickly um so yeah uh, blessings to all my black kings my black queens my black people out there you're beautiful, you're brave, you're powerful, you're loved, you're blessed, you're exalted, you're highly honored, you, you're amazing. Continue to do the good work that you do and just know that you always have me in your corner and me, I can't fight, so don't worry about it. Yeah, cool. Uh, I think that, is that a good place to stop? Hey guys, me again, just rounding out the episode. Um, first of all, thank you for spending the time to listen to this. If you haven't listened to part one yet, I don't know what you're doing. Go and go into JW Podcast Pizza Time. Go listen to part one. It's just, as I said, as I said at the beginning, it's just as, if not more important than this episode um thank you to my guests thank you to everybody who took part thank you to josh again for just allowing us to collaborate and use our platforms and create a larger voice it was an honor and pleasure and i i hope that we can work together more in the future um apologies for the audio listen i know the audio was going to be a bit um sometimes really loud sometimes really quiet obviously we were speaking over zoom everybody had different microphone qualities that's something that couldn't be avoided at the end of the day also it, i tried to reduce the amount of like sometimes there was like silences where nobody knew who was going to speak first so i tried to cut some bits and you know get rid of some of the ums and ahs and the little bits where we were just kind of you know sorting out a little doing little bits of admin so if it sounds a bit jumpy in places that's just because i've tried to cut it the best way i can but ultimately it's almost 5 a.m and i'm trying to i really want to make sure i got the content out to you but i still want to make sure the content was you know of higher quality um i know josh in his episode kind of did a little closing statement and um you know i really respect that that he wrote down i'm just going to speak from the heart very quickly um you know because my, my actions i hope have spoke has spoke enough for me recently um big thank you to everybody who showed support with the uea campaign there is still um that was so great to just see the amount of people and you know we ultimately got uea to respond and talk about the issues and you know with CompSci today again, it's just been out, the, out, the support has been, you know, non-stop. I'd encourage you guys to look on my page, uh, my Instagram and my Twitter specifically. Um, Twitter's going to be a bit wild because I just retweet a bunch of stuff at the moment. But if you go on my Instagram specifically, you'll have a more organized look at the things I'm doing right now. Um, the YouTube video that I've got coming, the open letter that I'm going to write um, and some things that you can get involved in. Uh, the most important thing I want to highlight for you guys right now is Friday. 
7 p.m. on my Instagram. I'll be having an Instagram live session in collaboration with a Moment with B and a girl called Destiny. Um, the first half of the session is going to be just talking about our experiences, sharing experiences. Um, and the second half is going to be a time of prayer, worship and petitioning with God. Um, even if you're not a Christian, I'd encourage you to stay for all of it. But I understand if you don't want to, but at least come for the first half of it. Um, black Lives Matter. As I said, my black queens, my black kings, my, all my black people. Every single one of you is beautiful. And I thank everybody for taking some time to educate themselves and listen to this today. It means so much to me. And I hope that you guys have been, you know, edified by it. Um, yeah, but I'm, it's late. I'm rambling. Let me just say my piece now. So it's your, it's your boy, Double A. Mwah, 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 mwah. Peace, love, blessings, and black power to all my people out there. And I'll catch you on the next episode. Look, black is beautiful, black is excellent. Black is pain, black is joy, black is evident. It's working twice. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to like follow and tune in next time black is so much deeper than just african american or